Hey yo, what's going on? Welcome to the Blunt Talk Sports Podcast. This week, uh, just talking a little uh, NBA playoffs, uh, which have been fun so far. Um, also talking uh, the draft this week. We have a, uh, a cash-in, as I like to call it. Uh, we got one of uh, our listeners, Mr. Austin Green. Uh, not only a listener, but a friend. Um, anyway, he... Uh, he weighs in on uh, the draft, on who he thinks the top five, kind of what it's going to look like. So he's got a quick cash in there. And then I have, uh, of course, Mr. Alabama. Um, he's never short on opinions. So uh, I have a couple spots with him this week as well. And, um, again, if you're listening to this and you want to have your voice heard on the pod, uh, message me. Uh, go to the Anchor app, download it. Then look up the Blunt Talk Sports Podcast page. And to the top, I believe it's right um, there will be a message button. You, you can leave me, I think it's in, anywhere between a minute and two minute long um, submission. And um, for a lot of guys who have a lot to say, you should see how many damn takes Justin Kirk sends me. That dude, he, you know, so don't let the, the minute marker slow you down. You can send me multiple um, takes and I'll put them on the pod. So anyway, uh, this is the Blunt Talk Sports Podcast. Uh, here are some of my wise words about playoffs and wrestling and all that good stuff coming up next. Hey, yo, what's going on? Blunt Talk Sports. Uh, Just jumping on to do my basketball podcast today. Uh, we are smack dab in the middle of some NBA playoffs. We even got hockey playoffs going on. The Avs got eliminated, which sucked. I jumped in the the hockey arena this year. I've watched it like way, I'd say probably like 40 more games than I've ever watched. So I was excited to see what the Avs could do, but they shit the bed. They got destroyed in their last game. <laughs> so anyway, until next year, we'll talk some more hockey next year, but Anyway, um, so yeah, we have uh, the Greatest Royal Rumble coming up this week. Uh, I give some thoughts on that, my predictions, and a look at last week's um, kind of SmackDown, Raw, NXT, that kind of stuff. Um, So yeah, um, this is the Basketball Slash Blunt Talk Sports pod. Um, So yeah, let's just start off with the the Pelicans, since that's what I've been kind of thinking about the past couple days. And what I've been thinking about is, damn, Anthony Davis is a beast. Drew Holiday kind of came out of nowhere, um, tapped into his inner beast mode. Um, he played really well. I hope because of the series he even gets some first-team all-defense um, votes because, man, he shut down Dame Lillard, and that doesn't happen. Like, there's not too many guys who just shut down a uh, great offensive player like that. So, anyway, the, uh, the Pelicans go through um, – the Blazers and make it look like really easy work. That was crazy. Um, if you listened to the pod last week, your boy called that, so that was nice. Uh, I did not call the sweep. I, I thought it was going to be six or seven, but I thought the Pelicans would, just because of their rim presence on both ends, like Anthony Davis had um, Nurkic and Al Farouk Aminu as his primary defenders. That's just trouble. He averaged like 33 points a game, you know, 14 rebounds and a block and a half, almost two. So anyway, um, good job to the Pelicans. I'm excited to see them moving on, um, especially without Boogie. And now if you're a Pelicans fan, what do you do with Boogie? Do you re-sign Boogie? Do you try to trade Boogie for another, you know, shooting guard? Um, Because now 
well, I, I think they're one piece away from being like uh, preseason contenders where we look at their roster and we're like, damn. Especially if you add in, let's say they make it, I mean, worst, best case scenario, they go to the Western Conference Finals. You give this team who's young and has a crazy young core, athletic, talented core, um, you give those guys that playoff experience, it, it, they're going to be real problems next year. So anyway, uh, I'm excited to see what uh, happens to the Pelicans in the next round. Is it just a fluke? Do they come back down to earth? Um, so yeah, uh, I'm excited to see how all that plays out. So we'll jump into the next uh, playoff matchup. Um, closest to my heart was my Spurs versus the Warriors. Um, shit, I wanted us to win, but they have four All-Stars um, on the court at any time. Or at least for this series, they had three because Steph is out. Uh, just too much firepower, man. Uh, you, We did as best as we could. It was really cool watching Manu put on a vintage Manu performance, um, scoring like 14 of his 16 points in the fourth quarter the other day. It was really cool. One more season, Manu. Come back, man. One more season. You're still viable. You're still playing. Um, he actually had one of his most productive seasons of the last five. He played more minutes this year than he has the past five seasons. So, um, he said he's going to wait the summer to kind of figure out what he wants to do, but um, I'm hoping one more season from El Contusion, um, the man, the myth, the legend, Manu Ginobili. I just hope we get him one more time. So, anyway, the uh, the Warriors get the four to one gentleman sweep of my San Antonio Spurs. And quick shout out to Lamarcus Aldridge and Pop. Um, and then you know, before I forget, um, you know, thoughts and prayers out to Pop. Uh, Aaron Popovich passed away this past week and we haven't seen him on the bench since um, I'm hoping as a Spurs fan that he is back next year um, after giving some time off you know considering all the you know, family stuff with his wife um, it also wouldn't shock me if this was the last game we saw Pop ever be a part of the Spurs organization anytime you know you lose a wife or a big part of your personal life it, it it's not a shock that maybe you change some things in your life to more focus on your family or you know his grandkids and his actual kids so it wouldn't shock me if pop was done and on the reverse side of that it wouldn't also shock me if pop um, kind of wanted to distract himself from not you know from his wife and her passing and um, you know those memories and maybe being at the house all the time by himself would wouldn't be a good look so Sometimes guys dive even harder into the coaching profession after something like that um, takes effect in their personal life. So anyway, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, shout out to Pop. Prayers out to him and his family. Uh, you know, this is a tough time for him, especially as a Spurs fan. If you go back and watch the Manu Ginobili interview he did about um, Aaron Popovich, it's tough to watch because you can tell how much she even meant to the Spurs players. I mean, uh, Manu got choked up. So... Anyway, uh, we'll move on to better, uh, more positive things. But again, uh, prayers out to the Pops family. So moving on, um, the next uh, series I've really, really enjoyed watching has been the Oklahoma City Chokers versus the Utah Jazz. Um, I see a lot of people like giving passes to Paul George and to Westbrook and to Mel. Man, fuck out of here with that. These dudes have three all-star caliber talents on the offensive end of the floor and another really good uh, two really good defense three if, when Westbrook tries but two really good defenders in Steven, Steven Adams and Paul George so this series like off talent alone the Pacers should be up or I'm sorry god the Pacers 
the Thunder should be up um, 3-2, in my opinion. Um, but, man, the these Jazz, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Ricky Rubio, recording his first playoff triple-double the other night. Um, they've just showed up, man. That They've stepped up to the challenge. Derek Favors has been really active on the boards. Rudy Gobert has been a rim protector like he always is. And then Donovan Mitchell, the first rookie to lead his team in scoring while leading them to the playoffs. Um, it, it's been a truly fun team to watch. Um, if you like team basketball, and you and especially if they're at home, that Utah crowd is nuts, man. They get behind their squad. Um, so anyway, it's been really fun watching them. Uh I believe they play tonight, and they could. This is a closeout game for Utah. So you want to talk about colossal failures? This season would be a colossal failure if the Thunder go home first round and potentially lose Paul George. And I think Carmelo has a player option next year, so we, we still have to see about that. But, man, that would just be colossal. I, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm not a big Westbrook fan, so I kind of think it would be comical to see you know, everyone last year talked about how badass he was and how ridiculous the triple-double thing was. And last year, I even said, like, man, if someone else does it next year, if he does it again, does it take away the significance and the importance? Um, he just, he's, he's a, uh, a stat chaser, and he's padded his stats the past two seasons. He, that's what he's cared about is those triple-doubles. And in my opinion, the triple-double's kind of dead. You know, Nikola Jokic, hell of a player. Uh, I'd say one of the you know top ten players in the NBA right now, just so loaded with talent. Um, he got a, a triple double within a first quarter this year. Like, just the game has changed enough to where the triple double doesn't mean quite as much as it did. Don't get me wrong; you're still if you're getting triple double, you're doing something out there. It's not like you can just walk into one. But at the same time, Jarrett Jack has got one this year. Pau Gasol has two. I mean, uh, DeJounte Murray, who's a second-year player for us, has flirted with one multiple times. And these guys are playing, like, barely 20 minutes a game. So, anyway, I'm not trying to hate on the triple-double. I just, like, we need to keep that stat in perspective. Um, Because, again, like, when Jason Kidd was doing the triple-double, Oscar Robinson, like, the game was just, it was, the way the, the parameters of the game were crafted, it was harder. It made it harder, factually to get a triple-double. So I just think a lot of time people love to jump. Oh, he had a triple-double. LeBron had a triple-double. Like, yes, you're right. But let's just look at the game. It's changed. There's no more posts that are really rim protectors. I can name two real rim protectors in the league. Uh, Rudy Gobert and um, Joel Embiid from time to time is a good rim protector when he's not being fooled on the defensive end. He's just too – he's really raw on the defensive end. So – Anyway, um, I hope Utah takes that series. Um, not an OKC fan. I hope they blow that team up. I want to see Westbrook go somewhere else uh, eventually. Um, so anyway, that, that's kind of what I think of the, that series. So uh, let's move on to Houston. Houston, Timberwolves. The H- Damn, like just when you think Houston's kind of looking like they're beatable, they go out and score 50 points in a quarter the other night. And you're like, oh, wow, that was the team that we were afraid of. Holy shit. Like, they can score with the best of them. Um, they have probably single-handedly the greatest one-on-one scorer. Um, and it's early to say that, but, man, James Harden, I've said this before, he's going to change some rules. Like, the way we look at the catch rule now, if you go look at the way that this man does his gather step on his step back, um, it, it looks like a travel. Like, if you didn't know the game that well or you just got a quick glimpse of it, you'd think, oh, travel. But no, he's just so quick with his footwork. And he is, like, taking that Mono Ginobili blueprint and just, like, 
flipped it. And now it, his game is just crazy. I really enjoy watching him play. So anyway, uh, Houston's going to win this. I'd be shocked if the Timberwolves grabbed another game. Now if they're at home uh, next game, obviously the home crowd helps and they can do something. But I kind of see Houston wrapping the series up, getting some rest um, before having to face the winner of uh, OKC Houston, uh, Utah. So that is my look at the, the West. Now let's jump in the East real quick. Uh, last night, Boston and um, Milwaukee played. Boston got lucky again. <laughs> that team has been pretty lucky this year. They've had some really close wins. Um, but anyway, uh, as Marcus Smart dribbles into three people, he falls down and it creates an opening where he can like tap the ball to Al Horford with like three seconds left and they win the game. So that series is 3-2. That's been a really fun series. Um, let's see. Oh, last night Philly took care of business um, and ended the Heat. Um, and I want to give the, the Heat credit. They're a feisty team, man. Um, and that uh, that home crowd has been dying for some just being relative or relevant um, since LeBron left. So good for Miami. Uh, when they were in their peak as the Heatles, that was a fun home crowd. Uh, it was cool to see them kind of revive that feeling in Miami because it's been a while, like I said, since 2014 when, we, when the Spurs beat that ass and broke them up. Um, so anyway, uh, Philly, I think, is the talk of the playoffs right now. Like, they have just done so many cool things. Um, ben Simmons, um, the elevation of his game, the elevation of uh, Joel Embiid's game has been awesome. He's a bona fide superstar. Um, and so all these guys are. Um, both Embiid and Simmons. And then the crazy part is, like, yes, they're getting this playoff uh, run. They're getting some, uh, you know, like they're, they're getting their ears wet. They're, they're actually um, competing in, uh, as far as the pass goes, that would not have been a thing. Like they just, they were wet behind the ears and I could have seen a, a scenario where they would have been bounced early. But um, this team, Brett Brown has them playing probably their, the best basketball I've seen the, the Sixers play since what, 2001 when uh, Iverson pulled that dead carcass of a team to the finals against uh, the Lakers and you know nobody was beating the Lakers that year anyway I don't care what team you had <laughs> um, you just weren't beating those late that Lakers squad they were just super special so anyway um, I'm really excited I think the the Sixers have a real shot at potentially um, you know being a, a team that can make some noise uh, in the east the east is not you know, it's not the big baddies. It's not that scary. So I really think that uh, a Philly, um, and I believe, who do they play? They think they play the winner of um, the Celtics series, I believe. Is that right? I could be, I'll have to look at that. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm really excited to see what Joel does, um, especially since he has the mass now. There's not a real reason to hold him out of the playoffs. So I hope they use that to their advantage um, and play him, you know, 28 plus minutes a game or so. Like, let's see this man get some real minutes and let's see what this team looks like. So anyway, um, the the Philly, they're moving on. Um, so yeah, so let's move on. Um, who's the other series? Um, the Pacers and Cavs. 
Um, that series has been very interesting. Um, I know we got a lot of LeBron honks on this podcast that love LeBron. Um, as a matter of fact, Justin Kirk said LeBron's winning the title this year. And I responded, that shit's not happening. And I will rephrase that again. That shit is not happening. Uh, LeBron isn't winning anything this year. Um, the fact that he's struggling with so hard with this Pacers team, who's not even that good. Like, their second best player is Thaddeus Young. Or maybe Bogdanovich. Uh, it's one or the other. Either way, like, there's no reason um, that the, quote, king should be struggling this much. Um, against a first-round opponent, and I think that has a lot to do with, one, the Cavs played the shit. They, they played him way too many minutes this year, um, and I think that's something that, uh, you know, it's it's a real issue. Like, you can't play f- almost 40 minutes a night and expect things to just be good. Like, that just doesn't work that way. I'm sorry, it doesn't. Um, so anyway, uh, I have loved, 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 loved Victor Oladipo's um, progression in his game he's become a killer um and a lot of guys call this you know uh bill simmons said in his draft that he that's the guy he would have taken first overall and i think we got kind of lulled to sleep by his early season performances um a couple years ago he was just on bad teams it was hard to ever get a good look at victor ladipo but indiana has embraced him that dude is something else um so anyway i've really enjoyed this series i hope um the pacers win tonight uh, they're in Cleveland. This is a huge game. Uh, I believe the Cavs, yeah, the Cavs are a favorite. They're a, a minus six to win the game. Um, if you're trying to make some money tonight, go bet on them Pacers winning. Um, I, I think the real problem, too, is the Cavs don't have a second guy. Like, all those trades, Rodney Hood has been shit. Larry Nance has been inconsistent. One one game will have 10 points, 11 boards, and two blocks. The next game he'll have one point three boards no blocks like you got to have more consistency uh george hill's been banged up jordan clarkson's just been okay um so yeah it's really fallen uh pretty much square in the shoulders of lebron um especially since kevin love banged his hand up again jeez man that guy walking injury jim tony romo thinks you get think you get injured too much dog um all right and then my final series washington versus toronto um, series is tied 2-2. Like, I did not see that coming. Um, now, Washington is feisty, man. That backcourt, you have to keep uh, tabs on. Um, Beal and Wall are just next-level special. Uh, with that being said, though, once Washington loses this series, which they will, Toronto will win tonight, um, they got to break Wall and Beal up. It's just not working. Like, the whole – the only way that you're going to have a backcourt that's crazy talented and um, – is going to really scare the league is if you're like two of the top five shooters and that's what they have in uh, golden state. And I, people keep trying to recreate it. How did, uh, how did that backcourt do in, um, Portland CJ and, uh, Dame sent home early. Like it just, I, I don't understand people going for that unless you have the best three point shooters in the world. It's probably not going to work. Even the rockets were still skeptical and they have, arguably the best point guard and the best shooting guard in the league and they can make it work and they also surrounded all those guys with crazy three-point shooters so again like it's a gimmick and we'll see if it works but it's it's a gamble uh so anyway those that's my look at the uh the playoffs uh this week um big games coming tonight like i said tonight washington toronto indy cleveland uh minnesota houston and utah okc all tonight i can't wait um, these are all going to be fun games. So anyway, 
Um, all right, man. Thanks for checking out the uh, the Blunt Talk Sports. This has been the basketball section. Uh, if you are interested in wrestling um, or any of that kind of stuff, I'm going to throw uh, my uh, wrestling takes on the end of this. I usually have two separate podcasts, but for uh, time's sake this week, I'm going to throw the heel turn pod on the end of this podcast. But right now, I'm going to throw it to uh, my man Justin Kirk and uh, my buddy uh, Austin Green, who uh, called in with their messages this week. So I'm going to play their messages, and uh, I will respond to kind of what they are thinking uh about their subject. So anyway, without further ado, uh, Justin Kirk, a.k.a. Alpha Bama, and Austin Green, this is y'all's takes. Listen up. Yo, it's your boy Alpha Bama. How's everybody doing this morning? Uh, just let me give a little bit of a shout out to the Popovich family. Um, Coach Pop losing his his queen last night, Aaron. Um, not even as a Spurs fan, I'm not even a Spurs fan, but I understand the magnitude of losing your other half and the impact that it has on everything around you. Um, the name Popovich, no matter who it belongs to, is synonymous with basketball, and as a basketball community, you know, we're all family. And we all feel this loss. Uh, my condolences to the Popovich family and Coach Pop. And um, hope it uh, hope it gets easier sooner than later. Uh, God bless. Yo, what's good, y'all? It's your boy, Alphabama. Uh, real quick, I want to talk about the Kaepernick situation. My girl, actually brought this topic up and didn't understand why they keep making a big deal about it, but it really came to light this time because of what the Seahawks had told Kaepernick is that uh, supposedly it's uh, you can come play for us if you promise not to kneel during the anthem. He said he couldn't promise that, and they said we'll kick rocks. It's not fair, is it? No, not at all. So many people beat their wives and drive DUI in the professional arena and make teams not a problem it's not fair what you think about it let's hear it my league choices for certain awards going on are as such listen mvp james harden go ahead and finally give it to him man he's been hooping the same way he's been hooping for the past three four years it just happened to be about three or four other people that were hooping that much better so uh, go ahead and give it to James Harden so he can quit crying. Um, rookie of the year, Ben Simmons, hands down. Don't care about nobody's argument about, oh, he didn't play this or he did this and that other thing. He's a rookie. Didn't play his NBA game yet, a season yet. He's a rookie, rookie of the year. Although Donovan Mitchell is balling. Give him that. Uh, most improved player. Can I say Jokic? I like to say Jokic. Everybody want to say Clint Capella or something. I'm going to give it to Nikolai Jokic, man. My nugget, man. I'm a Denver nugget. I got to give it to him. Self-explanatory. Watch his tapes, man. The quiet, the most quiet assassin in the, in the league right now. Prove me wrong. Yo, Zach. This is Austin. I'm giving you guys the breakdown on my top five NFL draft picks. Number one, if you're the Browns, you got to take Baker Mayfield. 83 touchdowns to 14 interceptions the last two seasons. Proven winner. Pull the trigger on that guy. Number two, the Giants. 
You got to start looking towards the future, right? Replacing Eli Manning. Josh Allen has the highest ceiling of any quarterback in this draft. Ridiculous arm talent. Get him and develop him behind Eli. Number three, Colts got to like get a whole new roster pretty much. So start with the defense, right? Bradley Chubb instantly makes that unit better. Get the pass rush going. Number four, Browns. Get get a weapon for your quarterback. Go get Saquon Barkley. He can block and he can catch out of the backfield. And if you're the Broncos, hmm, what do you do at number five? Get Quentin Nelson, you fucking idiots. Fix the O-line, and that fixes almost everything else. All right, fellas. I appreciate the love. Appreciate the call, the message. Uh, let me just address a couple things that you guys talked about. Um... First of all, good look on the the, Popo- the Aaron Popovich love from Justin Kirk. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Um, okay, so the Kaepernick thing. So, <clears throat> as a white guy, I feel like it's kind of weird for me to be like, he shouldn't be playing. I feel like I, if I'm saying that, you're you're probably imagining me say that in a Make America Great hat again. So, um, personally, I don't think Colin Kaepernick's that good anymore. I know his... Um, his stats would say otherwise, but like I watched that season and it was in a lot of like late games that he come in and toss these touchdowns against second stringers. So personally, I don't think he's a starting quarterback. Now, the fact that he's not getting any kind of like contractual um, love or like, any kind of an inkling of being signed is stupid. Um, Trevor Seaman is trash and he got signed pretty quick. Um, Sam Bradford is trash and he's going to get signed pretty quick. Um, so yeah, I like whoever signs him and it should have been Seattle. You need to look at the situation and just be like, you know, this is what we're dealing with. Um, it's an issue, but this is what we decide to go with. This is our, um, our look. Like you have to know that Kaepernick's going to come with some, um, headlines around it and who cares? Like it's anyone's right to kneel. Like, even if you don't like it, if you're old and you have gray hair and you're listening to this and you're like, oh, well, fuck they're, uh, they shouldn't be doing that. Like you, you might be right, but you're, he's not hurting anyone. Nothing has happened. Like we just, as a freaking sports, like media and like fans, we need to understand what these dudes are, are trying to do. And I think, um, if you think it's because they're spoiled, uh, Athletes, I don't think you're understanding the message. I think it has way more to do with these guys have come from places where maybe that's a lot tougher to be a, a minority and to get out. And, um, you know, as a white guy to be like, well, oh, they're just spoiled. Like, no, they're not. That's not why they're doing You really think Von Miller is spoiled, who has service uh, family members in his family, and he kneeled. You think so clearly it's something that's important and pressing. So anyway, I'm not trying to jump on my political soapbox, but... I just get so annoyed when I hear it's usually an older person like they're just spoiled athletes. Like first of all, they work their entire lives to be where they're at. Spoiled? Von Miller is a freak. He's in the gym every day. That's nothing about that is being spoiled. That's called working. So anyway, that shit just annoys me. So anyway, I hope Ka- Kaepernick gets some love. I hope he gets a look. He needs to be on a roster somewhere. Um, hopefully sooner rather than later. Um, all right, and then uh, oh, and then you uh, jumped into your MVP. I totally agree with the MVP call. Good call. Uh, James Harden, he, he deserves it. It's it's his year, and I agree. Maybe he'll stop crying if he finally gets um, his uh, you know MVP award. Um, what was the other one? Oh, most improved player. Of course, you're going to go with a nugget. Um, I get that. He's had a hell of a season. But let's be honest, Victor Oladipo was in um, 
basketball purgatory last year playing with uh, Russell Westbrook um, and it's just been really cool to see him get his own team um, finally have a team that plays around him and his style and look man your boy Victor might <laughs> send the king the queen home early um, so anyway that's my pick uh, but either way you, you can't go wrong that's 1A 1B um, Victor has had an incredible season, and I think the only reason he gets to Victor is because they did make the playoffs. The Nuggets had their chance, you know, shit the bed, didn't make it. Now, had they made the playoffs, I think you could have made a real argument for Nikola Jokic to uh, to be that dude. Um, okay, and then Austin, uh, your top five, I liked it. Um, other than the, ter- the top pick, I personally think that Baker's going to be a huge, huge bust. Um, if you go back and you know, agreed, he he has great numbers. Like the the statistics you talked about, were you can't argue them. But uh, if you go back and look at the tape, he's throwing to like wide open guys, and nobody in the Big Twelve plays defense. Like seriously, Austin, me and you could go uh, try out tomorrow. I bet you you could make a safety, and I could make a lineman spot at OU or Texas. Um, <laughs> that's how bad it's gotten. But um, anyway, so my top uh, here's kind of how I see things going down. Um, I got the Browns taking uh, Josh Allen, number one. I got the, uh, who's that? Oh, I'm sorry. The Giants taking um, Sam Darnold. Um, then I got Rosen going to the Jets. Then uh, Barkley going to the Browns. And then, um, sadly, Baker Mayfield slipping to your Broncos. And you get to deal with that for a couple of years before you cut him. <laughs> but anyway, uh, man, uh, it's, it's an exciting week. We got the draft. NBA playoffs in full swing. Uh, I appreciate y'all calling in and leaving your hot takes. Um, I hope to hear from y'all a little more often. Austin, especially you, buddy. Keep calling in. Um, so anyway, hey, I'm going to throw it to the, the heel turn podcast portion uh, where I just talk wrestling. So if you hate wrestling, this is the time where you should stop listening. If you love wrestling, good job. You're a good person. Um, and uh, the, the heel turn podcast uh, segment is coming up next. Hey yo, what's going on? This is the heel turn. Let's talk some WWE wrestling, as some call it. Uh, so I'm just going to start off on Raw, just kind of what happened this week. Uh, of course, this was a superstar shakeup, uh, which is always a big deal uh, in the WWE. It's always nice to get kind of a switch up on the landscape because we've kind of been dealing with the same people, the same feuds. Um, you know, as an example, we're going to get. Uh, I believe, well, maybe not anymore. We were going to get Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton for like the seventh time, but maybe that will be going away. (laughs) We'll see. Um, They love that feud for whatever reason. I don't quite get it because it's not a good feud. (laughs) Uh, I like Jinder. I know a lot of people don't. The, The modern day Maharaja. I actually like that gimmick. I like that he has the American... Oh, he did have the American title. We'll get into that here in a second. Um, But yeah, so uh, quickly, um, some of the names that came to Raw. Uh, Ember Moon uh, got her call up. Um, We saw her give uh, a pretty badass... um, I think it's called the Eclipse. It's like a flying stunner. It's like a stunner where she flips over the back of the person, and uh, it looks pretty badass. Uh, Alexa Bliss sold it really well. Uh, I think that was last week, but uh, but yeah, Alexa, Bl- uh, I'm sorry, Ember Moon got the call up. 
uh, my man Jinder, the modern day Maharaja, uh, got the call up. Him and uh, Samil Singh uh, got the call up. Uh, Nasty Natty, or I, as most people call her, Natalia. Uh, let me pitch my uh, Nasty Natty gimmick. Okay, so we've seen Natalia Nightheart do the this tired ass. I'm Bret Hart's. Uh, I'm related to Bret Hart. We have the same finisher. We have pretty much the same music. All right, so just picture this with me. So, Natalia, we switch. She doesn't come out in that goofy-ass, you know, wannabe um, Bret Hart gimmick. She comes out in, like, a a nighty, like a, you know, not, like, seductive or anything, like, you know, an old person, like what you assume, like, your grandma's wearing before she goes to bed. So she has one of that. There's, like, cigarette holes in it and stains. She's coming down. She's smoking a cigarette. Her hair's, like, barely done. She talks with a scratchy voice. It's me, Nasty Natty. Uh, she takes a hit of schnapps before she comes in with her flask. Um, I haven't really thought about the semantics of, like, what her actual finisher would be, but I just think it would be hilarious to have, like, a lady on there who, like, barely cares about her appearance. Um, like, make her a good wrestler, make her, like, a contender, but, like, have this, like, over-the-top, like, lady who's smoking cigarettes and menthols. Uh, it's me, Nasty Natty. Uh, so anyway, I always thought that'd be an interesting gimmick, um, for her. Uh, it'd be kind of funny, uh, definitely be something different, uh, and then if it didn't work, then go back to the, the, the Natalia gimmick, because, um, we're, like, running on, you know, she's been doing that forever, so anyway, I always like when, uh, a, a gimmick gets kind of tired or, like, stale that they move on to something completely different, tell me Nasty Natty wouldn't work, if she came out, you know, smoking a cigarette, maybe putting it out on, on somebody during the match or something, like, just taking swigs of her flask, I think that would be freaking awesome, uh, maybe she's coming down, like, eating a Hot Pocket, like, to the ring or something. Like, ah, oh, it's hot, fuck, and throws her Hot Pocket in the crowd. Anyway, if WWE, if you're listening to this, you may go ahead and steal that. I'll allow it. Um, all right, so some more call-ups. Uh, we saw Dolph, and uh, so Dolph came out. This has been highly talked about this week. Sorry, if you hear that noise, I'm hitting my vape pen. So, anyway, you might hear that from time to time. Um so anyway, Dolph comes out, does his usual stupid shtick where there's no music, and he comes out, and he's complaining, and then, um, Titus Worldwide comes out, and they start trying to recruit him, and then out of nowhere, uh, Drew McIntyre slides in and beats the hell out of everybody, Drew McIntyre looking like a damn He-Man action figure, like, <laughs> the dude is ridiculous, it looks like he's sculpted out of stone, um, so he was in NXT last year, got hurt, it's been a while, he kind of, I honestly kind of forgot about him. Uh, but anyway, he got the call up. Uh, we'll see how it goes. It's it's hard to tell like how this is all going to play out. But a lot of people are making the uh, comparison to uh, him and uh, Diesel and um, Shawn Michaels back in the day, which is kind of interesting. I like it. Uh, so anyway, um, I don't know necessarily what they're going to do. There's like little to no tag teams on Raw right now. So I'm kind of thinking we could see a Drew McIntyre, uh, Dolph Ziggler title run. Um so yeah, I mean, like, who's the best tag team right now on Raw? I guess it's Ray and uh, the Hardy. I, I don't know, um, Matt Hardy. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know who the best tag team is. Um, I guess if they try to do this whole KO Sami Zayn thing, they could have kind of a cool run with those guys. But other than that, um, I don't really know. Um, so anyway, um, let's do more of the call-ups. Uh, Baron Corbin, who, according to the dirt sheets, and if you don't know what the dirt sheets are, it's like 
the rumor mill going around the internet where people put out what they think is going to happen or rumors with inside the business. Uh, a lot of talk is about Baron Corbin getting a big push, um, either, you know, recently or, um, you know, coming up pretty soon or in the near to, you know, pretty close future. So I'm interested to see if, uh, how that looks. I'm not a huge Baron Corbin, Mark. Um, he kind of lost a lot of his luster last year when he dropped the belt. Uh, or not the belt, uh, when he won the briefcase and immediately lost it. Like, I thought that was a really bad look. And some of the scuttlebutt was that he had some heat backstage with maybe some of the uh, executives or some uh, backstage heat with some of the the talent. So I don't know if that was, like, a part of that. But, yeah, uh, Baron Corbin allegedly is going to get a push. Um, I hope it's, like, maybe to the American title or something. Like, let him feud with Jinder and Jeff Hardy and all that and throw him in there. But uh, other than that... Um, yeah, not too much to say about Baron Corbin. I guess we'll just have to see. He does. He has a lot. He's a good heel, and he does have. Uh, he he does have. I like his finishing move. He has a lot of potential, but uh, at the same time, they just have not really used him all that well. It's been kind of an odd uh, pairing so far in the WWE for him. Um, so anyway, I'm interested to see what they do with that. Um, all right, so moving on. Uh, and then the final person they brought out on Raw, which was terrible, was Bobby Roode. Like when his music hit, there was little to no reaction. They got I. Personally, I, I liked Bobby Roode in NXT. Uh, I think that this gimmick is just ta- is stale. Like, you already have um, Charlotte doing the robe thing, and, like, as she should, she's related to Ric Flair. It just, I mean, I guess if you went back, there's a lot of things that everyone steals from Ric Flair. He's kind of defined the way wrestlers and gimmicks are kind of run, in and, in, you know, to somewhat of a small degree. Like, no matter what you do, it's probably ripped off a little bit from Ric Flair if you go back and watch his early days. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm really tired of the gimmick. The, the, the song, I'm almost to the point where it feels like, um, it's like kind of like Enzo. Like I loved when Enzo first came out and the whole S-A-W-F-T thing, but man, like five months into it, I was like, oh my God, can we, can you get something else? Like, is, are you a one trick pony? So anyway, I, I think, and he acts like a freaking heel. He, he does, he has heel tendencies. I just don't understand, um, why they're like, want him to be a face so bad. I just don't think he's going to work as a face. So uh, I'm interested to see what they do with Raw Bobby Roode. Raw Roode, as I'll call him. Um, uh, Chad Gable got the call up. Uh, I, you know what? I like Chad Gable. I'm glad they split him and um, Shelton Benjamin up. That was a stupid tag team. Didn't make sense. Wasn't I didn't even like their, their work together. Um, uh, the Riot Squad got their, qual- uh, their call up. Um, and then Mojo Raleigh. So those are like the main people I think that are important. Um, that got the call up. Now, um, I'm watching Raw as we're talking about this. Uh, my favorite part of Raw was um, the Kurt Angle um, confronting Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and Sami Zayn reading the letter from Stephanie. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really, really like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I think Kevin Owens is one of the most talented heels in like the past like, 15, 20 years. Uh, he's so good on the mic. His in-ring work is just as good. He has good um, chemistry with most of the guy he's most of the guys that he has fought. I uh, had matches with um, the only person that surprisingly they didn't have great chemistry, and and I'm almost feeling like it was a one-off, like it was just a bad night or just something was off. Was AJ Styles and Owens? They had a a couple matches last year that ended weird and just they weren't great matches. And usually that's that's a uh, a reflection of the other person that's wrestling with AJ Styles, but Kevin Owens world class, so. Uh, I'd be interested to see those two get in another feud eventually one day. Um, obviously, they're not in the same show, so it'd have to be you know down the line. But um, I just love uh, Sammy Owens and, and Kevin, or Sammy Zane and Kevin Owens. Like, here's a little brief clip of them talking to Triple or to uh, Kurt. Yeah. So what you're saying is that Sammy Zane 
and Kevin Owens are officially back on Monday Night Raw, and there's nothing Kurt Angle can do about it! What? 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 What's the, what's the matter, Kurt? Is your whole career as Raw General Manager flashing before your eyes? <laughs> no, I'm just surprised Stephanie had time to write a letter. I figured she'd be doing round-the-clock physical therapy after Ronda Rousey ripped her arm off her body. All right, so there's a small segment from Raw. Um, and right the next that we're about to miss um, is Kurt tells the Miz that he... <laughs> They're acting so cocky, and I actually wish, kind of wish they would have kept these guys together. Sammy Owens, Kevin, The Miz, and uh, The Miz Taraj, but they're sending Miz over to SmackDown, so let me jump into the SmackDown people real quick. Um, so, uh, like I said, The Miz, which is going to be huge for him, I hope they give him a title shot uh, against AJ or whoever has the belt eventually. I think it would be such a good look for, um, I'm sorry, uh, the Miz to have the title, the strap, just because of how good he is on the mic, he makes people so mad, and I think the heat he would get with the actual title would just be unbelievable, so, um, and then another guy I am super marked out about, super happy he made the, the jump to SmackDown is Samoa Joe, this dude has, the past two weeks, put out two fire promos, just completely torched Roman, uh, I love that. I love uh, he called out Roman because Roman was saying something along the lines of, you know, I'm here and uh, you know, and Brock Lesnar isn't. Uh, and Samoa Joe called him out. He's like, you know, you like to talk about how you fight Samoa Joe and how you'll show up, but you never get the job done. I thought that was fire. Um, that was a good uh, good line from Joe. Uh, I love Joe's in ring presence and his voice. I don't know what it is, man. He gets on that mic. You just believe everything he says. So anyway, I'm excited to see how that turns out with Joe. I hope he also gets a title shot. Um, hell, maybe it's Miz and Joe in a couple months. That would be fun. A lot, oh, man, can you imagine the promos going back and forth between those two, Samoa Joe and the Miz? Um, and then Asuka, of course, uh, she made her um, debut on SmackDown. Um, Jeff Hardy uh, surprised uh, Jinder, got the U.S. title, Um and he made an appearance on SmackDown. So the U.S. title is now on uh, Raw. So I thought that was kind of cool. Or, I'm sorry, on SmackDown. Um, let's see. Uh, the Bar, they made the transition over to a SmackDown. So now you got The Bar, The Usos, um, New Day, uh, The Bludgeon Brothers. Like, that's a pretty nice little tag division. So I'm interested to see how that looks. Uh, it looks like they put all the good um, tag, tag team partners uh on SmackDown, basically, so that's going to be the place to watch your tag, uh, the real tag division, um, and then another thing, I think we're about to start seeing a bunch of stables, a bunch of different factions, um, which is cool, so Sanity got the call up, uh, we'll see them here maybe uh, soon, uh, if you haven't seen them, you're in for a treat, um, they're kind of like the crazy, I mean, this is going to sound weird, the crazy version of like the Wyatt Brothers, um, I'd actually love to see the Wyatt Brothers somehow get a hold of them. That would be a really fun stable, uh, fun faction to watch. Um, so anyway, um, who else got the call up? Um, uh, Andrade Cien Almas, who I'm really excited with, for, with Selena Vega. Um, she's good as well. Um, and then, uh, oh, when we saw Big Cass. Uh, man, he looks like he's in good shape. He, uh, he's been gone for quite a while. Kind of forgot about him as well. He kind of sunk into the back of my mind. Um, didn't even really think about... 
uh, him and, you know, how long he's been gone. But uh, I am really excited um, for SmackDown and their uh, their roster. I If I had to pick between the two, like, just off of the roster, I'm watching SmackDown. It's not even close. They have most of the guys I like on SmackDown, and Raw has most of the guys I'm not huge fans of. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I like Finn. I like Braun. There's still some things about um, Raw that's going to be cool. But at the same time... Uh, I just think that um, Raw has, or uh, SmackDown has the better roster from head to toe, including the women's division. Um, I love the Carmella angle um, that's going on right now. I think it's really cool. Um, she, like, of all the people in, um, especially the women, um, uh, she has, like, grown and come the farthest. Um, so, I, anyway, I'm just excited to see, really, um, you know, what SmackDown can bring to the table, because I'd say, man, for, like, the past five months, man, I will say four months, um, it's been, like, SmackDown's been tough to watch, and they have AJ, they have a lot of guys I like, but it's just been stale, stagnant, the writing's been terrible, um, so anyway, I'm just interested to see how this is going to shake out, so, um, I think it's going to be fun, though, I think, uh, SmackDown and Raw will be good, um, I've actually heard too that, uh, with the whole Fox deal, we could see, and especially all the talent on SmackDown, don't be surprised if SmackDown goes to three hours. <laughs> don't be surprised. That would not shock me. Um, uh, that is a very WWE thing to do. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But, uh, if I was a betting man, I'd say within the next year, especially if Fox gets involved, that we could be seeing, um, yeah, some three-hour SmackDown. So, anyway, uh, real quick, I'll just touch on NXT. NXT was good. Um, Killian Dane and Lars Sullivan, that match was fun. If you like two monsters fighting, it was really good. Um, just a brutal match. Those guys know how to put on a good show. So, anyway, I enjoyed that uh, quite a bit. And then, uh, last thing on NXT, um, go watch it if you didn't, like I said. But uh, Ricochet fights his first solo match. And you can, you can see why uh, everyone is excited for this dude. He's going to be awesome. He's... Um, like, I don't really know, like, who to, um, compare him to, um, I guess it's, like, AJ Styles and, like, Jeff Hardy, like, mix, like, I, I, I don't know if there is a good comparison, I don't think we've ever seen anybody quite like Ricochet, he's just a little different, and, uh, like I said, and if you haven't seen Ricochet yet, don't go look up any of his matches over, uh, you know, online, just go watch the, the, uh, six-man, um, TLC match trying to uh, that started off NXT Takeover that um, or no, I'm sorry uh, it was a ladder match um, the ladder match was incredible and I recommend any anybody even if you're listening to this and you don't really like wrestling which I don't know how you made it this far but I'm impressed um, if you don't like wrestling and you want something to maybe like win you over please go watch that six man uh, ladder match it was freaking incredible and there's no other way to describe it than incredible everybody had spots from killing dane to large sullivan to ricochet to felmatine dream to adam cole um to uh, ec3 they all put on a hell of a show um and while you're at it if you're there finish the alistair black versus andrade c and almost um nxt takeover match that was freaking awesome and then the champa versus um johnny gargano was great as well so anyway not trying to touch on stuff i've already talked about but if you're looking for a reason to get into wrestling, those matches will do it. All right, so moving on. Um, so finally, yeah, this is I'm kind of coming to the end here. Um, so I'm going to go over the uh, Greatest Royal Rumbles card and just kind of give you what I think is going to happen. So 
uh, even if you're not informed, um, WWE got paid a crazy amount of money from like the Sultan and Saudi Arabia to uh, put on a crazy show. So this is like so out of the norm, and a lot of people think thought it wouldn't even be televised, but um, it did. Um, so anyway, um, let's see here. Uh, the Universal Championship steel cage match between Brock, the part-timer Lesnar, and Roman, nobody likes me, reigns. Um, I think it's almost obvious what's going on here, and I could be wrong. Um, again, we all thought freaking Brock was uh, handing the strap to uh, to Roman, but that didn't happen. So I'm not going to like jump out on a limb here and be like, oh, this is happening, because I'm not going to look like a dumbass again. But um, the uh, consensus kind of between the smart marks like myself is that this is happening because uh, the WWE is never going to be able to put on a pay-per-view or at least I assume they won't be able to, in the States, uh, where Roman wins, where people are going to be excited. That just doesn't happen that way. Like, you've been trying to force this dude down our throats for months. We do not like it. Every time we go to a new pay-per-view, Vince is like, ah, this will be the one. Uh, Just watch. This will be the one where they uh, finally get Roman over and people cheer. Well, you're going to be waiting, Vince. Uh, Personally speaking, it's just been too much force-feeding of him and a lot of the... uh, the talent, he's, you know, like, for example, he kicked out of five F5s. Like, most people go down after one, but Roman's just so badass, he kicks out of five of them, huh? Like, that's just so stupid. Not a good look. But anyway, so it seems like what they're going to do is give, uh, uh, Brock's going to drop the title, and Roman's going to be your new universal champ through the steel, steel cage. It's going to be a brutal match, most likely. I'd, I'd probably uh, assume they go 15 to 20 minutes at least. Um... And then uh, it's going to be a foreign crowd that doesn't really know the semantics of what's going on in Raw every week. Don't get me wrong, some people do. But for the most part, it's just going to be people out to see a spectacle. And when Roman wins the title, people are going to cheer. And they're going to use that for video promos and packages down the line. Um, So anyway, uh, I'm assuming that is what's going to happen with that. But I guess we'll see. Uh, The next match, uh, AJ Styles with Shinsuke. Uh, the feud continues this week. Shinsuke came out, gave uh, AJ a dinger in a tag match he wasn't even involved in. Um, you know, completely blindsided him. So it continues. And then, of course, Nakamura gave his uh, awesome answer of, I speak no English uh, again this week. Uh, I love it. So anyway, I'm excited to see how all of that goes. Uh, I think it's going to be a good match, though. Um, all right, so Intercontinental Championship is going to be a ladder match. Between Seth Rollins, The Miz, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and Bobby Lashley. Holy crap. Um, this is going to be fun, man. Uh, so anyway, I I didn't really realize this was a match, but holy crap. Um, if I had to give a winner, the only reason I'm not saying The Miz is because they already have the American title on SmackDown. So it's going to have to be a Raw guy. You know what? Put the belt on Samoa or Finn it's going to be one of those, or I guess Lashley could come in and grab it and start a feud with somebody, but I hope Samoa, uh, wait, what that make? Nope, Samoa Joe can't win it either. Um, so I'm assuming it's either Finn or Bobby Lashley. Now, I guess it's possible they do a switcheroo. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, and then John Cena versus Triple H. That's going to be fun, man. Um, especially coming off of uh, the match between... Um, Cena and Undertaker, I kind of assume this is going to be a Cena win, but I, it'd be kind of fun to watch Triple H and Cena. I don't know if I've ever seen them fight. Um, it'll be fun to watch them go at it, and hopefully it's around a twenty or 15 to 20 minute match, you know, get some spots in. I'd like to see that. 
Uh, next up, Undertaker versus Rusev in the casket match. Uh, just days after Chris Jericho replaced Rusev for an undisclosed reason in the storyline, uh, WWE is saying that Lana had him um, and was objecting to Rusev participating in the match. Um, anyway, so Rusev's back in the bat, the uh, bout. I guess Lana changed her mind. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, and then um, so with that one, uh, Undertaker, obviously, it's a casket match. It'd be cool to see Rusev win, but I have a hard time seeing them bringing Undertaker out for a match like that and giving it up, but we'll see. Uh, next up, United States Championship, Jeff Hardy versus Jinder Mahal. You know what? I hope Jinder wins this. So they bring the SmackDown, or the American title, back to Raw, and that would let my boy Samoa Joe win the Inter- Intercontinental title and bring that to SmackDown. I think that would be good. And that would make sense because the um, the Miz is on SmackDown, so I think they're going to bring that title back over there because worst-case scenario... He gets the title back in a couple months and holds it for, I think, like 30, 40 days. He'll be the longest reigning uh, IC title, all uh, IC holder all time. So that would be cool. Uh, so then uh, let's so let's move on. Uh, SmackDown tag team titles: the Bludgeon versus uh, Bludgeon Brothers versus the Usos. Boring. Um, let's see here. And then uh, the Raw Tag Team Championships. Uh, it's going to be the Bar versus Matt Hardy. And Bray Wyatt, uh, I think they're going to drop it to Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt because obviously they're not on Raw anymore. Um, At least the bar isn't. They're on SmackDown, so that wouldn't make much sense. And then finally, we're going to close it with the Greatest Royal Rumble. And here are some of the people who have been added to the uh, the pool of the 50 contestants. Daniel Bryan, Chris Jericho, Kurt Angle, Braun Strowman, Bray Wyatt, Big Show, Kane, New Day, Baron Corbin, Apollo Crews, Shelton Benjamin, Sin Cara, Dolph Ziggler, Mojo Rawley, and that's just some. So... Don't be surprised if we get, uh, you know, like uh, some surprise old guys, maybe some cool call-ups, maybe some NXT guys. I'd love to see Aleister Black maybe in the Rumble or something. Or, um, oh, Velveteen Dream would be cool in the Rumble. I would love that. Um, but anyway, um, so yeah, that is kind of the week uh, at, a, uh, you know, at a glance last week and a little uh, predictions for next week. Uh yeah, so anyway, I'm excited for this week in wrestling. I, I read something the other day, like the next 11 out of 15 days have wrestling programming involved. Um, like this week, for example, Monday Raw, Tuesday SmackDown, Tuesday um, 205 Live, Wednesday NXT, uh, Thursday Nothing, Friday Rumble, um, and then into next week's um, normal programming, Monday through Friday, into the greatest, or uh, into Backlash. So... Uh, if you're a wrestling fan, man, we got some uh, some days coming up here uh, the next couple weeks, so be excited. So anyway, hey man, thanks for listening to the Heel Turn Podcast. Totally appreciate your guys' help uh, in spreading the message. Uh, before I go, I'm going to give you one of my Ric Flair woos. Woo! Thanks for tuning in.